Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hello and welcome to Calgary's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Joining me today is Susan O'Brien, founder of Net Worth Thinking in Calgary. Thanks for joining us today, Susan. Thank you very much, Mario. It's a pleasure to be on the show with you today. Tell me a little bit about uh, Net Worth Thinking uh, uh, and what it is and what you do. I'm so glad you asked because, of course, I'm in the financial services industry and most people think of it as just buying this stock, picking that stock, what's hot today, you know, what do I need to buy, sell, tell me. And net worth thinking is the complete opposite of that. Net worth thinking really starts to listen and understand people and look at their entire net worth to see what's really important to them, what their goals are, what they want to accomplish with their money. What is money to them? So it's a very holistic, integrated approach to really people's goals in life, their financial goals in life, and how they can achieve them. Uh, can you uh, uh, step back in time, I guess, and, and tell me a little bit about yourself uh, prior to uh, founding uh, Net Worth uh, Thinking? Absolutely. So for the last 25 years, I've really been helping people reach their goals in this holistic, integrated manner by really listening to them. And what I found was that in the financial services industry as a whole, most people were not being well served. They were, they didn't know where to turn. They didn't know who to turn to. And financial advisors as a group, very entrepreneurial, but because they're entrepreneurial, every advisor does something different. And so, yeah, I found that people were just, um, they were dissatisfied with the status quo. They want to change. And so I wrote this book to really it's called A New Way Forward from Wealth Management Network Thinking. I wrote the book to really tell people there is a better way forward in financial services. And there's a better way forward for you to reach your goals. And before that, I was in the tax world. And so I did taxes before that. Um, but there was nothing personal about tax. I don't know about you and the CRA, but they're not my best friend. I don't want to say anything against them, but... Um, Ta doing tax work, very intellectually stimulating, but there's nothing really human about it. And there's nothing where I can really be part of people's journey to financial independence. And so I was yearning for something more. And that's why I got into the financial services world, yearning for better financial services. That's why I wrote the book. So, so when did you uh, start? Uh, uh, give me some timeline here. When did you start? Uh, first of all, the book itself, when did that come out? And uh, when did net worth thinking come into existence? That's a great, that's a great question. Because if you ever talk to anybody who writes a book, I think they write it five times before they actually write the book. True. <laughs> so I've probably been working on what's important to people? What do they want to know? Um, how do I write a book? How do I get a message across? But it really started coalescing in 2018. So in 2018, I couldn't procrastinate anymore. I couldn't keep starting without finishing. I had to do something. And so I got a, a brief outline of what my experiences had taught me, what, what the people I work with um, have taught me what they need in life and started to just write it all down. And just my thoughts of how things can be better. I really want people to have a better experience with their financial services and advisors in general all advisors, whether it's accountants, lawyers, financial advisors, um, to really 
listen to them and to really partner with them and help them achieve their goals. So when you look at uh, the times that we're in, obviously, you know, since last March, uh, we've been in very difficult times because of the COVID pandemic, uh, financially, especially, you know, obviously, there's a lot of uh, mental and emotional issues going on as well. But you know, financially, a lot of people have been hit hard, uh, you know, a lot of people out of jobs, a lot of people probably wondering where the heck and how the heck can they retire, uh, right? Uh, what have you been experiencing uh, because of COVID uh, on that front? I think that you're absolutely right, Mario. I think there's a lot of fear and fear comes from uncertainty. Uncertainty, uh, these are uncertain times. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we've seen such tragedies in our, um, you know, elder care system and in our care homes that for the first time in 25 years, people are really thinking about not only do I have enough money to retire, but what happens when I get old and who's going to take care of me and how are they going to take care of me and do I have enough money? So the conversations have really pivoted to people's health and people aging big concern right now. Yeah. So when you look at, uh, you know, a lot of the commercials, you know, that we've seen over the years on retirement, right? Uh, you know, paint a nice picture, but <laughs> what that, what I, that's going to look like, but but also throw a, you know, what I, I don't want to throw a dollar announce out, but, you know, but, uh, you know, sometimes they say, you know, uh, you know, a million dollars, right, uh, to retire. Like, uh, what do you think of that? Uh, you know, when you deal with people, I, you know what, I, I think the vast majority of people uh, net worth uh, may not be in that million dollar range. Absolutely. Most Canadians do not have a financial plan. Um, their financial plan might be, uh, my children will take care of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is a financial plan, but not a very good one. Um, so you're right. Everyone is an individual. And of course, the amount of money you need to retire depends completely on your lifestyle today. But people are more concerned than ever. And again, I think it comes back to that uncertainty. But we, you said retirement, and even that word is a loaded word. Like, what is retirement? Today, so, you know, retirement used to be, I retired, I got a pension, and I was pretty much gone in the next year or two. Retirement, I think, is a whole new concept these days, where people are really envisioning when they're still in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and even beyond that, like, how am I engaged in the world? What am I giving back? What do I want to do? And sometimes it's partly financially driven, but often it's more altruistically driven or they want to be, and maybe these are the people that I, I love to work with, but they're just thinking about the world around them and how they can stay engaged. And so I would say that they're never retired, although they may be living off their wealth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, when you, uh, uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, uh, you know, obviously starting this up and uh, starting up a business, what, what to you were, I, I guess, were the key challenges uh, in, in going out on your own and, and doing this? Oh, that's, <laughs> I start, when I started, I remember, well, there's no paycheck. I mean, you leave a paying job and there's no paycheck. So there was always too much month at the end of the money. And there was a mortgage and I had a one-year-old, five-year-old, eight-year-old and 11-year-old to support. And I remember I had no revenue. I had no clients. 
and I had no business plan. And the idea of network thinking hadn't even entered my brain. I was just trying to survive. And I remember the first time I called someone up to talk about what I did in financial services and how I did it. My legs were just shaking. And I thought, how am I, how am I going to make a business out of this when my, I can barely stand up? <laughs> but um, I persevered. And I think being an entrepreneur, it's really about perseverance. And every time you're said no, and every time you're knocked down, it's very difficult not to take that personally, but to just say, you know, I am, I'm going to do this. This is a passion of mine. I really want to do this and, yeah. and somehow survive, but it wasn't without a lot of grit, perseverance and a nice bank loan. So thank you very much. The bank uh, for loaning me money that I could still eat and feed the kids for five yeah. years. It was five years. Oh, wow. Five years of really um, slugging it out, I guess you could say. So being an entrepreneur is wonderful when you know that your business is thriving, it is almost terrifying um, in those early stages. Yeah. In those stages uh, that you were setting things up, uh, Susan, what, what pieces of advice uh, did you receive that kind of resonated with you and, and stuck with you uh, on, on being an entrepreneur? The pieces of advice that stuck to me the most were about a, a resilience, like never giving up. If I had so many no's in a day, and I remember one of my mentors saying, just count it as another no. And you know, after so many no's, you'll get a yes. So track that and just be really excited. Yeah, that's 10 no's. And after 10 no's, I pretty much get a yes. So it's a mind game. It's really a mind game. Another one is that, Susan, it's a part-time job. You choose any 12 hours a day you want to work. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true, right? Uh, and they don't realize that, right? I think a, a lot of people, even if uh, people go into uh, being an entrepreneur and on their own, they don't realize that there's so much involved uh, in the sense that, you know, even for myself, I think over the years, I, I, I recognized quite, quite frankly, initially that I had two jobs, right? I had the job of what I do, but then there was the business side of things, right? Is that you got to take care of the business, uh, uh, you know, going out, find, finding clients, uh, taking care of your uh, your books and invoicing, marketing and all that stuff. Is yeah. that the case? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I feel like I'm Gumby. You know, I'm just pulled in all these different directions all the time, right? You're yeah. pulled to, to work in your business. So getting better um, skill-wise and process-wise and operations, but then you have to work on your business. Yeah. And that's the whole, you know, the financial part behind it or the advertising or the marketing or being out in the community. So definitely. Yeah, I think all entrepreneurs are gumbies and they're just being pulled and uh, pushed and prodded, which is in a way delightful. If you're the kind of person who just always loves learning and growing. Yeah. You're always, as an entrepreneur, being stretched in different directions. So you're always learning something new. You're always growing, and you have to be willing to fall flat on your face. Yeah, and learn, <laughs> and learn from that, right? And and learn from it. Just like brush yourself off and get up and try it again. And I think a lot of that, a lot of the uh, famous athletes would always say, you know, that you know, you see uh, uh, the success that they have, like whether it's on the in the hockey rink or on, on the basketball court, but they don't see all the failures that led up to that success, right? 
every entrepreneur and I and I'm including myself for sure in this. I have failed in so many different ways. And I think the key is, is once I get over, I mean, it's a, for me, it's, it's, if I fail, I'm a bit of, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So if I fail, I kind of like, what, you know, what was I doing or thinking or how could I have done that? Or why did I make that mistake? But there's no other way to learn. There's absolutely no, there's no, you can't get from here to there without falling or failing or being vulnerable or putting yourself out there. So yes, being an entrepreneur, resilience, embracing yourself, even when you're not perfect, even when you fail, trying again, trying new things. I've also, when we talk about failures, I've tried new approaches. I've tried new processes before I did the network thinking process. So it's not always failure. Sometimes it's trying new things and they just don't work. But you've got to keep trying. Yeah. Because we've always got to keep growing and adapting and getting to what is meaningful for people. So I'm just curious from the uh, the people you deal with and also maybe just people you just talk to in, in general. This particular time, you know, uh, you could t- look at it in two different ways, right, uh, of being an entrepreneur. Like it could spur a lot of people to become entrepreneurs, right, because they're out of jobs and, you know, they're like, they say in Calgary, their oil company has just laid them off. You know, uh, they don't want to go work for another company, uh, so they start to be an entrepreneur. That's one aspect of it. The other aspect, though, is 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 as you mentioned the fear right uh the fear of oh geez i don't want to start a, a new business in, in in this kind of environment uh so what are you getting uh, you know in terms of uh talking to different people on 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 be becoming and being an entrepreneur these days well i i think you bring up two very good points there um number one is that when we ever go through a downturn in the economy which we certainly seeing with the number of people being laid off, whether it's in the energy industry or in the hospitality industry, you know, restaurants closing, um, that does spur people on to think, well, I still need to make money, but more than making money, what, what do I really want out of life? And where do I really want to go? And maybe I can have a business doing just that. Mm-hmm. So I think that as devastating as it is to lose a job, and I I sympathize with everyone because it's never their choice. So something that's out of our control is very difficult. You know, I I feel compassionate toward those people who have lost their jobs. Uh, But I also want to say that sometimes the flip side of the coin is it gives people pause if they can possibly have some time to pause to really think about what the next phase of their life might look like and what kind of business they could really put their passion. And I think an entrepreneur, you it's not a, it's a vocation, it's a passion, it's a life and what they can do. The other part is fear. And you talked about fear and sometimes think if I knew um, how tough it was going to be, would I ever do it again? And I would say, yes, I would do it again. <laughs> I don't want to do it again, but I would do it again because the rewards are so great if you can, if you can overcome fear. And The way that I can only ever um, chat with entrepreneurs, and I'm part of Women's President Organization, which is peer-to-peer mentoring. So we're we're mentoring each other really through our fears in a way. And 
is to have as much knowledge as you can uh, possibly going in so that you can overcome your fears. Uh, for me, it was fear of, of not being, you know, not having enough money to eat or pay the mortgage. So I was lucky enough to overcome that by having a bank loan to bank loan me for, for a period of time. So your biggest fears, yes, you've got you've to address them head on and you've got to figure out, do I have a workable solution? so that I can decrease my level of fear. But you can't, being an entrepreneur, you cannot rationalize or research everything away. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. You can't, uh, you can't eliminate it all. You have to take the leap. Yeah, as you know, like, you know, being an entrepreneur, there's, you're right, you know, it's like 12 hours a day, uh, <laughs> actually even more, right? And uh, so how do you balance that uh, uh, for yourself personally, uh, you know, taking all that time running a business, but you have also a life to lead, right? So uh, uh, how do you work that kind of work-life balance into your, what you do? So, Mariel, that's, uh, I, I've spoken at some women's conferences, and I, I don't know if men have as many questions about work-life balance, but as a woman, I get a lot of questions about work-life balance, and I, and I basically say there isn't such a thing. If you think of work-life balance as my job is, or my business is part-time, and then I get to do this, and I get to do that, and I get, you know, it, being an entrepreneur consumes you, I think, and that's why you need a passion for it. So even if I am not working in the business as we talked about, you know, even if I'm not here today or dealing directly with clients, my mind's always working on the business. Mm. You know, how do I get better? What do I need to do? What do I need to change? What kind of things do I need to learn? So you need a passion for what you're doing. Now, what that does, though, although I don't have the 50-50 traditional work-life balance or whatever people presume that is, yeah. because I love what I do so much, it really energizes me in my other relationships. So when I do see my children, and I do see them, they're very important to me and my family and my spouse my mother and my relationships, I bring a certain kind of energy there. Like I am totally present. I'm totally there, totally happy with what I'm doing. So my short answer is no work-life balance, but a work-life balance that, that works for me and that I, that I love. I can't imagine anything else. Like I cannot imagine retirement in the traditional sense of the word. Me neither. <laughs> like, why would I leave something I love to do what? Like I, I volunteer a lot now, but I don't want to volunteer anymore. I don't want to clean my own house or cut my own grass. <laughs> I like to travel, but I'm traveling enough. So why would I give up something I love to do something that I maybe don't love as much? So maybe that'll change Mario in the future, but right now, that's how I feel. Okay, super. Well, thanks for joining us today, Susan. That was, uh, that was great. It's a pleasure being on your show, Mario. To all your listeners, I... I think about them all, and I wish them all the best on their own journey. Okay, great. That was Susan O'Brien, who is founder of Net Worth Thinking in Calgary. I'm your host, Mario Tonaguzzi, on Calgary's podcast, on Canada's Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us today.